from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 20, entitled The Structure of the Universe, verse 14 onwards. Tadivapadihi Prayavrato Rajan Hiranyareta Nama Sondipam Sarthatya Sabutrepyo Yada Bhagam Vibhajya Sayantapa Adishtata Vasu Vasudana Dhritharuchi Nabhikutta Stutyavrata Vivikta Vamadeva Nama Bhya Tadvipapadihi The Master of the Island Prayavrataha The Son of Priyavrata Rajan O King Hiranyareta Hiranyareta Nama Name Swam Kisam Dvipam Island Satabhyaha Antrusavan Sabutrebhyaha Samsans Yathabhagam According to division Vibhajya Dividing Sayam Sat Tabaha Adishtada Engaged in austerities Vasu Antu Vasu Vasu De Vasu Dana Vasu Dana Dhradharuchi Dhradharuchi Nabhigupta Nabhigupta Sutyavrata Sutyavrata Vivekta Vivekta Vamadeva Vamadeva Nabhyaha Translation. O king, another son of Maharaj Priyavrata, Hiranyareta, was the king of this island. He divided it into seven parts, which he delivered to his seven sons according to the rights of inheritance. The king then retired from family life to engage in austerities. The name of those sons are Vasu, Vasudana, Dhradharuchi. Satyaruchi, Nabhigupta, Vivekta and Vamadeva. Tesham Vashushu Sima Girayo Natya Chavitnyataha Satta Sattaivam Chattru Chattru Shirkha Kapila Chaitra Kuto Devanika Uradharoma Dravina iti Rasakulya Madhukulya Mitravinda Sudivinda Devagarbha Ghradachyuta Mantramadeti In those seven islands, there are seven boundary mountains known as Chakra, Chathushringa, Kapila, Chitraguta, Devanika, Uddharoma and Dravina. There are also seven rivers known as Ramakulya, Madhukulya, Mitravinda, Shrutavinda, Devagabha, Ghazachuta and Mantramala. 
There is no fault in worshipping the demigods with this understanding. But to think that the demigods are independent of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and equal to him is called Hridatnyana, a loss of intelligence. One who thinks that the demigods themselves are the actual benefactors is mistaken. ಸಾಧ್ಯ ಸಹಿತ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ದೇವ 
but what exactly it is it's very very unknown factor the time factor very difficult because why it is very difficult to understand because it is a subtle aspect of maya material time is a subtle aspect of maya for external energy of the lord and so it is very difficult to comprehend exactly what it is and from our understanding indeed time is eternal and it presents all the time you know it is there all the time time is there all the time that is time and madhvajarya gives a very interesting okay <laughs> madhvajarya gives a very interesting logical proof that time is eternal <laughs> madhvajarya is a very logical person his commentary is very 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 logical very sharp so madhvajarya says if you try to uh, present that there is a beginning of time <coughs> so at one point you are saying this is the beginning of time then you are defining past present and future so like that is written that is logic that is very interesting logic from advaitya the time and when it comes to bhagavatam yes there are different aspects of time and when we see bhagavatam bhagavatam starts with presentation of sarga in sarga we are talking about the birth of lord brahma so we can see so the time is starting from that point of course the eternal time but i am saying in this presentation there is the birth of brahma is given so then the beginning the first kalpa brahma kalpa brahma kalpa is given and where the first the birth day of brahma so that is the beginning after that of course there are many kalpas or many days of brahma and within many days of brahma there are many manvantaras as we know and here bhagavatam generally deals with the bhagavatam we have deals with one day of brahma primarily and we can see a progression not always chronological but we can see a progression of manvantaras from beginning for example third canto we can here swayamvamanu so all about the swayamvamantra and there is not much mentioned about the second third fourth or fifth straight forward names are there but there are not many past tense given there then then the major description is from the chakshusha manantra the sixth manantra and from there six it moves to the seventh manantra vaivashata uh, so yeah vaivashata but before vaivashata in the beginning of the eighth canto there is question about gajendra how gajendra got delivered so then it moves back to tamasa mandala the fifth mandala so there is only one past time which is specifically mentioned from the fifth mandala which is the tamasa mandala and then again moves to the seventh mandala onwards so then we can see the progression of seventh mandala and there we see lord ramachandra and then leading up to the birth of krishna in one sense that is a culmination so here we can see yes there is a very vast and wide understanding of time and along with that there is a very <laughs> vast understanding of space so that's where we are at in this particular canto where the living entities are situated so this is called sthana or the planet system because that's where the living entities are placed and so yesterday i think there was a whole presentation about different divas and varshas and etc so i'm not getting into it but 
the idea of presenting all these planetary systems is to show that how the supreme personality of godhead is worshiped everywhere throughout the universe it is showing when the time or space is given the whole idea of presentation is to show how the supreme personality has been worshiped in different periods of time and in different space so everything is connected to krishna and everyone is or everything that is presented in shrimad bhagavatam is to remind us of krishna so our aim is not to understand the scientific aspects of bhagavatam yes it can be used for preaching to defend bhagavatam one has to study one may understand that's different but the ultimate aim is to glorify krishna and to remember krishna so sanadan goswami in this krishna leela sabha towards the end he mentions prema varshi aksharayate prema varshi aksharayate that is his realization of shrimad bhagavatam that is each and every syllable of shrimad bhagavatam is pouring out the krishna prem raining it is raining krishna prem each and every syllable of shrimad bhagavatam so we need to have at least a theoretical understanding or some kind of a consciousness when we are approaching shrimad bhagavatam it's, it's very helpful it's very helpful to see bhagavatam in that light as i was saying in this video when we were watching that video how bhagavatam installation ceremony I think all these reviews and make are very good. I really like that because showing, so if you sell a set of Shimad Bhagavatam, they are doing a proper worship of Shimad Bhagavatam and it is very, very, very felt, very happy saying that because Bhagavatam is Krishna. You know, first canto, two canto, there is legs and you know, onwards, you know, his smiling face is 10 canto and his forehead is 11 canto and his crown is 12 canto. You know, you know, the, whole sequence is given and there is a beautiful mantra I could describe the same thing and doing Aarati Shiva Bhagavad so Bhagavadam can be worshipped and of course the ultimate worship of Bhagavadam is studying and applying in our life and presenting to others but at the same time worship is important Bhagavadam is very important so the whole purpose of Bhagavadam is to remind us of Krishna and to engage, help engage us in Krishna's service now in this particular purport Srila Prabhupada presents what is the proper worship of demigods so today we will look into three aspects one why demigod worship is condemned second the proper worship of demigods and third what we have to do after knowing all these things okay the so first is why demigod worship is condemned so in this i will present a few points to start with one day i was in india and one devotee asked me is a as a preacher and also he is heading a place so he asked me people are asking us why do you condemn demigod worship when bhagavad gita is presenting demigod worship why you is going to be condemning demigod worship Bhagavad Gita presents demigod worship. So that is one point. Second is we need to have mature understanding of demigod worship. And this purport actually helps us to come to that mature understanding of demigod worship. Why? That comes as the third point that we had to be very sensitive in condemning demigod worship. There is a way to do it. We had to be very sensitive. 
we cannot be just harsh and rude and we cannot take out whatever negative feeling we have we had a bad day <laughs> you know we want to give everything out so don't we cannot take this as an opportunity to let go when as you very mature in presenting uh, the problem is that we got worship <coughs> and don't think that the we got worship is not a problem for us okay we may think i one thing we are situated here in the temple staying in the temple or along the road the we got worship is not a problem for us we have heard it so many times second i am not from india i don't have any background of the we got worship so why is it relevant at all in my life so we will look into these different aspects when it comes to the demigod worship yes coming to the first point yes indeed bhagavad gita speaks about the demigod worship third chapter you know very nicely present demigod worship devan bhavante na yo devo bhavantu parasparam bhavanta shrayam param avapsyata so krishna says yes the deal between the living entities and the demigods you worship the demigods you satisfy the demigods and they are in turn going to satisfy you you offer sacrifice and they are going to satisfy you yes which is true but at the same time we need to know very clearly that that is only a preliminary statement in karma kanda and bhagavad gita is not about such ritualistic exchanges between the living entities and the demigods so that's where the yoga starts that's where there are different yogas and there are so many explicit statements in bhagavad gita rejecting demigod worship yes we can hear what is the classic one kama is tester hela jnana prabandhyante anya devata this purport also is given what is the other statement ap anya nine chapter what is the bhajanti avidhurvakam avidhurvakam it is an illegitimate worship avidhurvakam the kama sesa hrdanyana gives the full understanding about the meaning of worship and in terms of destination destination also makes it clear devan devejo yanti mahapri so there are several statements and also rejecting the materialistic aspect of vedas trigunya vishaya veda so there are many statements we know that so we have to be very clear when we understand this point so one should be confused because the devotee himself was a bit confused bhagavad gita is speaking about demigod worship and now why are we so against demigod worship so, so then we have to understand that okay shastra everything is given and at the same time we have to mature in presenting this so what are the problem in worshiping the demigods of course we can establish the supremacy of krishna but at the same time what are the core issues in worshiping the demigods because it is the mentality that is being condemned here so the whole presentation is not condemning the demigods and it's not a personal agenda we have against something against the demigods or grudge against the demigods and sometimes our presentation can be like that so we have to be very sensitive in this regard it is just the mentality and what kind of mentality is that that is a materialistic mentality that one carries so that is condemned because demigod worship is only on the platform of dharma artha and kama religiosity 
material economic development and sense verification it just falls into this category and that's why it's a problem so even if one becomes a devotee of a devi god maximum one can go to the devi god path the so one is still trapped in the material world as interestingly mentioned in sri shobhanishad well they go to the darkest region darkest region of existence because the whole material world is compared to a coconut in the shobhanishad sure that part you can read that coconut so the coconut is dark so the whole material world is dark because without the sun there is no light here so just going to upper or lower planetary system it is just going here and there that is still one is captured in this material world and so that mentality is condemned and the demigods are not really condemned and one should condemn the demigods themselves because they are doing their duties as servants of krishna as you can read here it is nicely presented then if one worship the demigod one's consciousness is not purified of material desires so generally there is a general elevation but one is not really purified of material desires and there are classic examples ravana worship lord shiva and then after that what happened did he got purified no he didn't get purified rather he kidnapped mother sita so that what happened instead of worshiping the lord okay they didn't worship the lord actually don't give trouble to the lord in that way but indeed he were he kidnapped mother sita so this is exactly opposite to worshiping the supreme lord even with the material desires so there is a clear difference many people ask if you worship the lord krishna with material desires is it similar to demigod worship it is not because there is purification in the previous chapter of same canto 19 chapter there is a very important verse very famous verse satyam drishati atyadam arthito yatha naivarthito yatha ಸ್ವಯಂಕ್ಷಣಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟಿಲ್ಸ್ಟಿಲ್ for that material desire again this is the mercy of krishna we can reflect in our own life or who are around us those who desire material things we can see krishna indeed fulfill those material desires but the lord will give such a realization that that devotee will never ask for the same thing again he will think i got it but i am completely dissatisfied this is the realization that one gets think about this i ask for the material desire i, I want such and such thing krishna will give no problem but krishna will also give the realization that i got this but still still it is material and still i am dissatisfied krishna will give that for sure 100% krishna will give that realization for his devotees so it is better not to ask for material that's why the prayers of dhomaraj is prayers of lamentation what did i do why did i worship you with material desires 
so he is lamenting in front of the lord so we don't want to lament so better not ask for material desires we request krishna material desires may come to my mind but please help me to get rid of it let me please help me transcend those material desires so in that way we can go higher so there's a clear difference the purificatory aspect of worshiping krishna so demigods are not disconnected to krishna but demigod worship is disconnected to krishna the improper demigod worship is disconnected to krishna because one is not really acknowledging the supreme lord and they themselves are <coughs> badha they themselves are bound and one bound person cannot free another bound person so that's why the demigod worship is a problem and next point is demigods are great devotees if especially if you read this prayer of the of the residents to the demigods it's very amazing and this part is mentioned they are great devotees but the demigod worshippers are not approaching the demigods as devotees they are great devotees but one approaches them according to their functional roles and responsibilities i often give the example of going to a bank and going to the teller and if you give the check if you sign it properly and give the check book you will get the money because it is his duty to give you the money then the right check is so if you have a balance he will give you the money but that doesn't mean that that person has only capacity to give you money he has his own life right the bank teller he may have other talent he may be a great person he may be a great singer <laughs> maybe this or that he may have his own qualities apart from his duty at this point so if you approach the demigods as the demigods without connecting to krishna then you will get that right you cannot get anything higher whereas if you approach the demigods as the servants of krishna then they can help you so there are examples where the demigods act as spiritual masters especially lord shiva so that's a different thing altogether and coming to the next point shila prabhupada often says bhakti is only meant for krishna it's a very important point if you go to india people say bhakti bhakti ganesh bhakti shiva bhakta but prabhupada very clearly states that bhakti is not for demigod bhakti is only for krishna because the rule bhaj ki expansion sixth chapter of bhagavad gita 47th verse purport bhaj includes service and service is only for krishna because he is the ultimate benefactor and so uh, bhajati and bhakti is only for krishna for that reason when shri rupa goswami when he named bhakti rasamrita sindhu he didn't name it as krishna bhakti rasamrita sindhu or anya blashita shunyam dhyana garmadhyana avartam anikuitena krishnanishita bhakti ruttama where there is no explicit mention of krishna bhakti bhakti ruttama and book is also bhakti that's enough that implies that it is krishna bhakti so when we actually speak about bhakti it is for krishna so we need to understand after knowing all this we can know that there is a clear reason why we cannot do the devotional worship you know that is independent to krishna 
and at the same time when we are preaching this we have to be very careful that is we are not against the god but we are against the mentality behind the demigod worship because that is destroying oneself by increasing one's life span in this material world we had to judge the audience i remember one time i was giving a lecture and i told pretty much there was a, there was a person who is new worshiping demigods is like catching the tail of a dog to cross the ocean it's actually a statement from robot it's a bona fide statement but we are very sensitive to the audience if there are new people so immediately they will equate it it's only an analogy immediately they will think that you are saying that the demigod is a dog so that that has become very offended actually the statement is actually not offensive it is comparing how it is not possible to cross the ocean of material suffering by the help of demigod because that is not their capacity it's not their cup of tea it's not possible but when we make such kind of statement insensitively there can be problem the person immediately got offended i still remember this happened at least 15 years back still i remember the person immediately got offended so we had to be very sensitive when we present this to slowly coming to the conclusions otherwise uh, people not may not accept they may feel that we are just fanatics so we had to explain slowly depending on the audience and next is even we think okay this demigod worship is not at all a problem for me which is true now we are, i am living in the ashram or many devotees staying around may not be a serious problem demigod worship but as soon as one goes to india it become a serious problem you spend extended time with extended families then you, you will find that demigod worship is a problem you cannot avoid you have to be very careful not to worship the demigods and i i have seen i have heard even initiated devotees having trouble with this and there are so many justifications for that so in my place people go to pilgrimage to one place sabarimala <laughs> so the demigod is bona fide or not that is also questionable we don't know exactly and even people who are initiated they are having trouble not you know they are telling you know we have to go to the demigod because it is a habit old habits die hard very difficult they have to go and there is another kind of maya that is such and such person is our kula devata and if we don't worship kula devata we will worship krishna we will chant like this mantra 16 rounds everything relevant is everything is okay but kula devata whatever share we had to give we had to worship if we don't there will be some curse will fall upon our family and kids so how can we do that how can we take that risk so we had to worship the kula devata or the family deity it's a problem and even initiated devotees go through this problem so we are not really very far away from the god worship don't think that it is very very far if you are in the right atmosphere right environment it can actually come to our mind after all it's okay i understand it everything is okay we'll just do it so we have to be very careful or here also there are very nice temples around <laughs> worshiping demigods 
and one can think why not go there and spend some time what's wrong after all we know the philosophy and we know that we will never get deviated so then why not so this kind of things can come to our mind and if such thoughts come to our mind it is deviation from the pure devotional standards so we have to be very mindful and those who are not from bharatvarsha in that say <laughs> is it a problem that god should be a problem yes it may not be a problem because many people don't even accept there is a shiva or a brahma so what's the problem in you know worshiping that person doesn't come to the mind but the problem is that mentality is still a problem if we think that my boss is maintaining me if i had to please the boss in all respects independent of krishna that's actually a mentality of devotional worship or i have such and such music star or movie star or whatever if one has that kind of feeling towards such a person that is similar mentality as a devotional worship seeing independently in an unbordified way though so here we can feel such kind of mentalities and here this purport is speaking about the proper worship of devotional because this verse is speaking about the proper worship of devotional So this is a very classic example of proper worship of demigods. So see here, O oh fire god, you are part of the supreme personality god at Hari. First, the sambandha is established. You are part of Krishna. Clear? Then, and you carry to him all the offerings and the sacrifices. It's actually a very important point that the fire is considered as the tongue of Vishnu. Fire is considered as the tongue of Vishnu. so how vishnu eats through the tongue right when you taste through the tongue so that's why fire accept all the ingredients in the vedic sacrifices for the lord and the lord is the ultimate benefactor he he, he enjoys that he is the bhokta but at the same time it is through the agency of the fire and that is mentioned here therefore we request you to offer to the supreme personality god and the, the unique ingredients we are offering the demigods for the lord is the real enjoyment See? so they are very clear whatever you are offering to you or fire god you give to krishna so the, even the, this is the proper worship of the demigods a very classic example there is another example in shrimad bhagavatam of proper worship of demigods who can tell that another king that's a clue usually kings does this kind of worship so another king a pure devotee eh yes bharat maharaj good Bharat Maharaj worshipped the demigods as the different limbs of the universal form. So for him, the connection was very clear. And when he was a king, he worshipped the demigods in the proper way. And that's why we can see in the early age itself, he renounced and started performing bhakti. Of course, we know the total episode, what happened later, going through different lifestyles. But Bharat Maharaj performed proper demigod worship. Similarly, if you see, uh in orissa in bhuvaneshwar there is a famous temple of lingaraj have you been to lingaraj temple very nice temple. very nice temple very ancient temple in front of that there is a bindusar lake very historic place and if you go there by the side of that lake there is ananta vasudev temple you remember ananta vasudev temple it's a small temple lingaraj is a very big shiva temple but ananta vasudev temple is a smaller temple but the point is okay of course why lingaraj is there because bhuvaneswar is the entrance to puri so he is the dwarapalak 
he is guarding just like the spiritual world first we had to go through sadashiv go to the vaikuntha loka and then gorakh vrindavan similarly if you want to go to an abode of the lord first we had to go to shiva so it's very similar like guruva there is mamiyu shiva is there. then there is guruva temple there wherever you go there is the lord shiva and dhameshwar you know you know dhameshwar mahadev so similarly lord shiva is present and ananta was there is there so there also the proper worship used to take place now we just question about first they used to offer bhoga to ananta was there and that prasadam they used to offer to lingaraj so that is actually the proper worship that the proper standard i doubt whether still that tradition exists but that was the standard before first offer to vasudev krishna and then to lord shiva so these are examples of proper worship of the living gods which is not against the religious principle it's not against our pure path of bhakti it's not against it is it is in line with that there is another example who visited demigod temples from our line who is that exactly he is none other than lord chaitanya mahaprabhu himself that is very very interesting i will read out a few pastimes in that regard lord chaitanya's uh, travel through holy places in south india it's very interesting i will not get into the details but i will mention something which is relevant at this point it is mentioned that lord chaitanya's travel through south india is very significant due to multiple reasons one he could demonstrate the power which he had never exhibited before in the south indian trip the reason is in mayapur navadi he was primarily dealing with the devotees jagannathpuri also he was primarily dealing with the devotees with exception of sarvabhatacharya and here and there some mayavadis but primarily he was dealing with the devotees so in his travel to south india he got the opportunity to exhibit his power of converting millions and millions of people to devotees so he had a power very uh, good preaching ground <laughs> to show his strength so lord chaitanya got an opportunity to preach to all different kinds of people in a massive scale in south india so that was his preaching trip to south india of course along with visiting the holy places that is one significant second lord chaitanya is known to purify the entire universe not just uh, or not just bharatvarsha not like that he has purified the entire different planetary systems but how did he do that he did that by his travel to south india because many devotees got they took part in the past time they got the association of lord chaitanya and they became pure devotees and they could purify other places so lord chaitanya's preaching was very simple he would go to the middle of the village and there will be chanting and dancing mahaprabhu would chant and dance and the whole village would assemble they will encircle mahaprabhu they will see mahaprabhu chanting and dancing and just by seeing that all of them became pure devotees of krishna 
and when such a pure devotee when one such person goes and meet other people they all become pure devotees so you can imagine the kind of preaching that was taking place so he was making pure devotees after pure devotees in the millions of them throughout south india so this was the scene that was taking place by the mercy of lord chaitanya and as he was traveling he reached kanchi the kanchi is very significant the kanchi has two parts one is shiva kanchi and vishnu kanchi the shiva kanchi is known as the banaras varanasi of south india <laughs> because such a prominent worship of lord shiva because varanasi is primarily kashi banaras is known for lord shiva worship similarly kanchi is known as the banaras of south india so he went to kanchi and certainly he went and visited lord shiva he worshiped lord shiva in that way and as he went there he converted all shiva bhaktas to krishna bhaktas by the influence of lord chaitanya they all got converted into krishna bhaktas so we can see the influence of mahaprabhu he was naturally converting the demigod worshipers into worshipers of lord krishna in the highest capacity and then of course he visited vishnu kanchi he went to vishnu temples then from there he went to uh pakshitirtha there also he visited lord shiva temple so one may mistake lord chaitanya just like another hindu like hindu general hindu tradition is just go to all the temples doesn't matter whichever temple go there whether durga shiva ganesh vishnu krishna doesn't matter or baba doesn't matter just go and visit any temple that's the tradition so it can look like mahaprabhu was he doing that not really <laughs> he understood he was giving mercy to everyone and he was giving mercy even to the demigods by visiting their place so it is mentioned after that he even visited durga temple so he went to visit the temple of uh, shiyali bhairavi temple shiyali bhairavi the bhairavi is durga devi even he went to durga devi temple and there also he worshiped her and all the demigods were very happy to see lord chaitanya in person it is such a rare occurrence to see the lord directly and suddenly he visited other shiva temple but there is a very interesting thing happened that is lord shiva and lord pa- mother parvati assumed the form of a brahmana and a brahmani they came in the form of brahmana and brahmani and then gave some uh, donation charity to lord chaitanya so <laughs> and so they came as grihastha grihastha brahmanas and after coming as grihastha brahmanas they gave uh, donation charity to uh, mahaprabhu because mahaprabhu is a sanyasi whereas here lord shiva and parvati they are grihastha so gave charity and then lord shiva invited mahaprabhu please come to our residence it is mentioned lord chaitanya spent 3 days in the residence and they had confidential talks of course the confidential talks about krishna and see so this is the real position of demigods lord this is the real position of lord shiva lord shiva got personal association of mahaprabhu as well so they are great devotees so that we need to understand and mahaprabhu was very merciful to 
convert demigod worshippers into Krishna worshippers and also to give <coughs> mercy to Lord Shiva and Parvati personally in Sri Shaila and spending three days with them. So this is Mahaprabhu's mercy. Similarly, there is another inter- interesting incident of Srila Prabhupada. We discussed his past time recently in our Bhakti Vedanta class. Srila Prabhupada along with his followers visited a Durga temple. So, devotees were concerned what Prabhupada is going to do because now he is going to Durga temple. Is he going to worship Durga Devi? Is he going to preach against Durga? What is he going to do? So then Srila Prabhupada he went and he paid obeisances to Durga Devi. And it was for a surprise of everyone. They were thinking, how can Prabhupada pay obeisances to Durga Devi? And then had the preaching session and came out and everyone was very happy. All the worshippers, everyone was very happy with Srila Prabhupada. And then they asked Srila Prabhupada, are you actually worshipping Devi God? Are you worshipping Durga Devi when you paid obeisances? He said, look, I paid obeisances with my right to Durga Devi. And what does that mean? My right is to Durga Devi, left is for Krishna and straight is for Guru. So as I was paying obeisances, on my right is Durga Devi, on my life I am paying obeisances to Lord Krishna and in forward in front is the spiritual master. So this is how we worship this, the different personalities. So when we pay obeisances to Krishna, Krishna is on our left. And if you pay obeisance to demigods, the demigods should be on the right. And if you are paying obeisance to Guru, the best way to pay obeisance to Guru is straight. Mm. Not from side, straight to Guru. So this is the Shastric recommendation. So Prabhupada said, I worship my Guru, worship Krishna and of course the demigod because as a servant of Krishna. So we can see how Prabhupada was very careful in respecting the demigod but not engaging in demigod worship as such. So we had to learn from this, how Srila Prabhupada conducted himself. <coughs> of course, the demigods are great devotees. They can act as gurus. We have a classic example of Lord Shiva acting as the guru of Prachetas. The ten Prachetas, they worshipped Lord Shiva and he acted as the guru, gave the Krishna Matra. So that is the position of the demigods. So they are indeed great personalities and we cannot have any negative feeling towards the demigod as such. Even though we may reject demigod worship, but we accept the position of the demigods. So now come to the point that yes, demigods are great devotees and there is a proper way of worshipping the demigods. So can we worship the demigods in a proper way or the back? Can we just go to the demigod worship? Oh, we know how to worship the demigod. Can we go to the demigod temple? Or can we have demigods in our temple? So here we have to be very careful. Because we understand the philosophy. But if we start going to the demigod temple, what will happen? Slowly, material desires will come. We hear some glories of the demigod. The Lord is Ashutosh Kshipra Prasadi Bhagavan, who is that Lord Shiva. <laughs> Immediately you get peace. So we'll hear the kind, this kind of things and one may do, it doesn't matter, I can do one puja for the demigod. With the right mentality, but back of the mind, if my desire gets satisfied, it will be very good because I am going through go such and such trouble. So one has to be very careful not to get into this kind of mentality. 
and so Sila Prabhupada didn't want Ganesh to be worshipped in our temples because in nectar devotion in items of worship it is mentioned one has to worship Ganesh before any other puja any other worship but we don't do that instead we have Lord Narasimhadev because he is the shelter of even Lord Ganesh so understanding that we only have Ganesh and we can easily be deviated very easily be deviated so we don't do that we have to be very mindful even if we understand what is the right way of accepting the Rebbe Gods and respecting them still we don't engage in that even in the right mentality because we can easily be deviated so that is a very important take home point for all of us and finally they are acting as spiritual masters as is mentioned the Rebbe Gods they offer whatever they receive to the Supreme Lord so that is the mood of a spiritual master Prabhupada often gives the example, he also gives the example of tax, tax collector. Collect the tax from everyone, give to the government. Prabhupada said, I am like a tax collector, I am collecting obeisances from everyone. And then giving to my spiritual master. So this is one, this is one of the important ways one can deal with respect and worship. If somebody is respecting or glorifying, we have to accept and give it to the spiritual master. Don't take it for ourselves. If we take it for ourselves, we will get degraded. So we cannot reject it. We have to take it and give it to the right source. Because whatever we have, it is by the mercy of the spiritual master, literally, and the devotees and Prabhupada. So we have to pass it on. That is the right mood of the spiritual master. So we have to invite that as well. Hmm. I remember this, uh, this account from Atmadatta Prabhu in one of the videos, remembering Srila Prabhupada, that he mentioned when he met Srila Prabhupada for the first time, Guru Puja was going on and Guru Vandana was going on. So devotees were chanting Sri Guru Paramatma, Sri Guru Charna Padma Kevala Bhakti Satma. And then he saw Prabhupada also chanting. So he, 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 had, he, has met, he had met with different spiritual masters. They are all like Mayavadis. They all consider themselves as Guru, as God. So here he saw even Prabhupada was also chanting Sri Guru Charna Padma. So he asked other devotees, why is it so? Why is he also chanting the same Guru Vandana? He said, he is offering to his spiritual master. We are offering to Prabhupada and Prabhupada is offering to his spiritual master. He said, at that point I got convinced that okay, Shiva Prabhupada is a real spiritual master. So the mood of the real spiritual master. So we can understand all this from here. And yes, now Radhashtami is coming in a couple of days. So we can meditate on that mood of Srimati Radharani offering everything to Krishna, accepting everyone's service and encouraging everyone to move towards Krishna. So with this I conclude and see if there are any questions or comments. Yes, Prabhu. Initially you were mentioning that the issue is only with mentality. Yes. The demigod worshippers and then later of course you explained it. You know when, you, when someone hears that the problem is with the mentality in worshipping demigod, then, uh, Initially, you were speaking about the mentality of the devil worshippers, but later, of course, you explained it. So, when someone hears some devil worshippers, they, they hear that, okay, this the mentality is the issue. So, what is the probability or chance for them to fix their mentality towards the devil and then it's acceptable? If they fix their mentality. Then when they become devotees of Krishna, their mentality is fixed. 
When they become devotees of Krishna, their mentality towards the devotee will be fixed. That's the only way. So basically, you are saying that there is no devotional service done for can be possible for devotees. You can offer to give to Krishna. Exactly in the same words. We are offering to you, please offer this to Krishna. So the demigod worship mentality can be uh, corrected by they becoming devotees of Krishna. So if, if, if he wants to actually worship demigod in a proper way, one has to be a devotee of Krishna. Then one can offer the prasadam to the demigod. That's a proper way of worshiping demigods. Even some devotees may have uh, Lord Shiva in the altar. But they offer to Krishna and then offer it to Lord Shiva like that is the proper way of doing it. So there is no other <laughs> adjusting the mentality. It's not possible. That's why becoming devotee of Krishna, one can have the proper attitude towards Krishna and Devotees. Yeah. So another thing, uh, is there any reason mentioned why Prabhupada paid obeisance from his right side to the devotees to do it? Any specific reason is there? And why left side to Vishnu? Reason, it is generally injunction, but I don't know the reason behind the injunction. We know that we don't pay straight to Krishna because of the obvious reason. Because in general, Vishnu or Krishna temple there will be Garuda. So we don't want to show our feet to the Vaishnava Shrestha. For us, uh, we don't need, uh, we don't have Garuda, but we have Shula Prabhupada, the same place as the Vaishnava Shrestha. And so, we don't show feet to the Lord. Uh, but this direction, I really don't know. Anyone knows the reason? The right, left, intricacy. Uh, I, I don't remember they said that the left side is because the heart is there. Okay. And you have for the heart to Okay, that's interesting. Yes. And the right side is respect. Yes, yes, very good. That's a nice one. <laughs> okay. Left is our heart, heart to Krishna. Yes. Nice meditation. some knowledge. <laughs> Read Prabhupada's books and hear lectures. That is the solution. If you keep hearing, then we will understand who is the all-powerful. And if you stop hearing, problem starts and then keep chanting. You do this thing, then you will be reminded. I think the question is more related to people outside the Buddha. So he saying if we fix this problem, then they can identify the solution. Yeah, so we need to give them knowledge. So that we try to preach them. What else can you do? Krishna's people teach. Understanding Krishna's people. Mm. Okay. Alright then. Thank you very much. Krishna Shashima Bhagavatam Kija. Shaila Prabhupada Kija.